The Trend, where you'll get enlightened perspective on trending news and topics with amazing commentary. I'm your host, RTL Faith. Welcome to the podcast. And as always, we breathe the message here that we are here to spread discussion, debate, solution, and overall compassion. Welcome to RTL Rants, and in today's episode, this is what you have to look forward to. Gambling can be very addicting. Should kids be exposed to the aspects of gambling? You may argue no, especially when the most popular content creators on the platform are exposing to this to them on a daily, weekly basis. So you may be able to argue no. Gambling. But you know what also initiates dopamine? You know what also may be very inappropriate for kids? Half-naked, attractive women. Stay tuned for that as we are going to discuss some very interesting topics, uh, such as Missouri School District allowing corporal punishment again in schools, and this is basically getting some spankings. The paddle. Twitch deciding to ban gambling, more specifically, dices, roulette, stuff like that. I'm going to talk about my hot take, of course. Mob Psycho is uh, getting a new voice actor for this season three, and it really plays into the crunchy rules aspect of treating its voice actors unfairly and not trying to unionize. And Ending it off with my NFL Week 3 predictions. Now keep in mind, moving forward for all RTL rants, it's going to be four segments and in the middle will be a hot take. And I do want to put a disclaimer that this episode, the audio quality is very subpar. I was trying something new. Everything will be back together in the next RTL rant. Don't worry about it. So y'all have a good one and enjoy. How is everybody doing today? Welcome back to the podcast. And today, we're not going to be doing a stream, per se, but I'm trying something on a Wisdom app. How long I'll be using this app, completely dependent on, um, you know, its effectiveness and all those different scenarios. So, with that said, this is a recording of today's RTL Rants. We're going to have a lot of fun, very interesting topics to talk about. As from now on, we're going to run a four-topic race with a hot topic or a hot take in the middle so the first thing we're going to be discussing in today's episode is missouri apparently missouri school districts or a missouri school district in southern southwestern missouri in cassville is permitting corporal punishment what does that mean well missouri is going to be allowing Banking. I know that's such a hot word nowadays in terms of physical punishment. Now, obviously, some people are not happy about the idea of bringing back uh, physical punishment. I guess for good reason, because there's an association, there's an idea that any type of physical punishment is negative. Any time of physical punishment should never, ever happen. 
one of the person who interviewed uh, the and Missouri in regards to corporal punishment coming back for the school district, indicating that physical punishment brings about trauma. The idea that just because it's physical punishment that it automatically associates with trauma, in my opinion, is ludicrous. The reason why I say that is that physical punishment in and itself can be done in a way, in a very concise way, to emit a very disciplined response. I think for the most part, anytime people kind of associate a discipline in general with abuse, they're taking it a step too far. Now, does abuse happen and does it really negatively affect a person as they grow up, a kid as they grow up? Of course it does. Of course it does. And people should be aware of those situations. People should be aware of when those things happen. But keep in mind, when you use the word trauma, that's an indication that said action, said circumstance, permanently affects the person for the rest of their lives. And what that means is that this specific thing that you did is going to deter them every step of the way. Now, I'm going to speak from personal experience. Personally, for me, when it came to physical discipline, I definitely got beat. Came from a very uh, exotic culture mix of families. Definitely got beat. Definitely got whooped with the belt. Was it deserved? I may say no. Was it borderline abuse? I may say yes. Was I traumatized? No. I don't think every waking day, every waking moment of the time I got beat as a kid for said actions I was doing. I don't think about it twice. The only time I'm talking about it now is because... It's very relevant to the situation going on. But trauma is such a strong word. Now, sure, when it comes down to trauma, it's dependent on a person-by-person basis. Some people can get traumatized by the smallest of things. They tripped over a rock, saw a little tiny red ant, and for the rest of their lives, anytime they see a red ant, they faint. It's possible. Every person is different. But just like the example I gave you, all of it requires context. All of it requires nuance. We're not going to go there the next day and say, yo, this red ant causes trauma. That's not what we're going to do. And just like the ant example, physical punishment also requires context requires nuance there is a line there is a threshold at where it becomes physical abuse well let's make this a little bit more expansive it's not just the physicality it can be emotional it can be mental it can be psychological Regardless, anytime you do some type of discipline, some type of punishment, some type of negative deterrent, it can always have a threshold. It should 
always have a threshold and the moment you pass the threshold and the words of abuse start ringing no matter the situation it doesn't just have to be physical and that's some something that people are going to realize now I'm not vouching for physical punishment by any means. I think if you parent in a way that is very productive, it won't be necessary, but sometimes it is. One thing that people should know when it comes to physical pain, it's the most effective and immediate response to a discipline action, right? I think there's a better way to put that. Well, let's say this. In terms of physical pain, immediately when someone experiences it, they associate said situation with the pain and more often than not, make sure that they don't do said situation again to exhibit the same type of pain. And again, it can be more than just physical pain. It can be emotional pain. We want to throw out some examples. When you touch a hot iron, you know next time, I should not touch a hot iron. I know, probably a good idea. When you get in a bad relationship with a specific type of person, maybe in the future, I don't date this type of person. Maybe so. Regardless, pain is the most effective and immediate response to deterrence, which is why physical discipline can be very effective, done properly, done with a safe manner, right? In this Missouri situation, they plan to, uh, oh, they haven't kind of indicated how they plan to do it. The assumption is maybe one or two paddles in the behind no uh, hits in the face, no hits in the head, obviously, because that passes the threshold when you hit someone in the face, when you hit someone in the head. That's that's abuse. That is abuse. One or two paddles in the butt behind, so there's a realization, hey, you're being bad right now. You are being bad right now. And I would say society is in a very interesting place. Well, you may argue that, hey, Maybe physical discipline needs to come back. People want to be your friend. There's kind of a movement of wanting to be kids' friends. That's kind of a movement where you think you can have a genuine conversation with a 12-year-old. You can come to an understanding with a child. That, hey, as long as I give them a timeout every now and then, it will be fine. It will be fine. As long as I'm nice to them, it will be fine. Well, let me tell people out there, when it comes to respect, nice and respect are not similes. They aren't. You're not going to earn my respect for being nice to me. You're not going to earn the kid's respect from being nice to them. You're going to earn their respect by 
being responsible, being fair, being consistent, and being a role model. An image that the kid can look towards and go like, I'm proud that you are my parent. The reason why I bring that up is because I feel like, for me, my personal perspective, which is why this is called RTL Rants, I feel like there's twofold kind of ruining the idea of respect and discipline amongst kids. There's some type of kind of movement where there's a bridge between a kid, a parent, and an adult. Where kids are thinking they're adults at a very sooner age. Where kids are being kind of associated with knowing what they want. Having mature thoughts and feelings. Being able to be part of an adult conversation and act like they have a valid point and understanding. Because of this kind of my idea that for some reason kids are being held at this weird pedestal nowadays... And because of social media and technology, there seems to be some type of instance where they gain a certain level of confidence and independence, even though they haven't really been through anything. And by that type of innate I, perceptions of themselves where they think they're better or more important and deserve things that they inherently haven't earned, there's a certain level of dissociation or disrespect immediately amongst kids and adults and then on the other side of the line it seems to me looking from the outside looking in that there's a certain type of acceptance where a don't say mean things to kids a don't hit kids a be super kind to kids now, again, everything requires context and nuance, ladies and gentlemen. Everything should be looked at in a spectrum. At a certain point, an adult can be very negative towards kids and can be a negative influence. At a certain point, a kid can be innately disrespectful as well. I'm sure we've all seen the clips of students just disrespecting their teachers. I'm sure we've seen the clips of kids just walking up to grown adults and thinking they can just beat them up. We've seen the clips of kids acting like they're grown. 12-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 13-year-olds looking like and acting like they are grown adults without experiencing anything. So it's a very weird movement of lack of disrespect and allowing the disrespect to continue. Now, why is that important for this conversation? Well, this is a school setting. This isn't a parent-kid situation, right? In a parent-kid situation, you discipline your kid based on what you think is most efficient. And it's your fault and your responsibility if it doesn't turn out well. I think good parenting is a very difficult thing to do and master, but it requires consistent effort, consistent communication, the appropriate disciplines at the appropriate time. Extreme bad behavior, a quick spanking should be allowed.
confusing behavior based on a situation that the kid or the teenager doesn't understand requires conversation. There should be nuance and context behind every discipline and every parenting style. And at any point, no matter physical, psychological, or mental, it can turn into abuse. But that's for the parents to decide. And if they fail, then they fail their kid as well. And that is a fact. This student-teacher situation, these situations where it's at a school, is completely different. The parent is not there. Now, I don't know if I've said this, but... For these schools to admit the actions, they have to get written and consensual permission from said parents. Now, my personal belief is that there is only two types of parents that will allow another person to hit their kid. The first type of parent is a parent that is completely and utterly drawn into traditional values. And if that is the case, then that is the case. Now, it could be go too far, it could be too strict, and again, it could ruin your kid, but that, that is what it is. That's the parent's fault, if their parenting style is like that. The other type of parent is one that can't handle their kid and, in all intents and purposes, doesn't want to parent. And I think there is way more examples of not wanting the parent than people believe. People are becoming parents just because. People are getting pregnant just because. People are having kids just because. Using kids as a tool at more than anything else nowadays, the lack of uh, traditional homes with a father and a mother or two parents in general is lacking for a reason. I think there's a lot of that, a lot of those situations. So, in the situation where it's a traditional setting, I don't really see, unless you're too strict, there's so many examples. If a, kid is, if a parent is too strict, the kid will do things sneakily. They'll go behind the parent's backs. They'll be very conniving. They'll end up the opposite of where the parents want them to go. That's what happens when you're too strict. We've seen it time and time again. The way the fact that people are not learning from an obvious parenting style is ridiculous. Sure, you have you follow a strict set of rules, understandable, but based on psychology, strict parenting does not work. It doesn't. And what I mean by strict, I mean there is no compassion, love, understanding at all. Now, there may be some, nah. Most cases, strict parenting doesn't work, and I'm not gonna even call, I'm not even gonna talk about the exceptions, right? So strict parenting doesn't work, and some parenting that people think is strict is not strict. I'm talking about there. It's like a military boot camp in that home. That's what I'm talking about. So in those situations, if they're that strict and they allow teachers to hit their kids then it may be a very unfortunate situation but i would say in the situation where the parents don't want to parent and they allow the teachers to kind of discipline them i would say in those situations even then the kid is in a very unfortunate situation because they have disorder at home and then they kind of don't know how to act
I'm going to say one positive, one negative, and then move on to the next topic. Because honestly, like I said, it all has requires context and nuance. My positive for this potentially is it can initiate the discipline necessary. It can initiate the discipline necessary for the kid that they are not receiving at home. If a kid is allowed to act however they want in every situation, then they will not fare well until something extreme happens. The moment a kid finally snaps out of true bad behavior is when an instant happens to them, which is, like I talked about before, a deterrent. When something happens to them that makes them rethink their whole life choices. And it may not even have to get to that point if they, at some point down in the road of the shaky life that they're living, they were given proper discipline and had a role model to look forward to. You see that all the time. When they can't look at their parents, they look at a coach. They look at a teacher. They look at some type of role model. Just because someone's spanking you in the behind doesn't mean they're a role model. But I'm just saying discipline could have its value in that sense. Now, one negative. Administrators and teachers can abuse their power. And that is a fact. I do not have the most positive outlook when it comes to the general populace. So I don't really know that these administrators, these teachers, these principals, these VPs are going to do what they're doing responsibly. And if they abuse their powers, if they commit said spanking in a malicious nature, if they manipulate the information to give punishment based on when they feel like it versus when it's necessary, then this will be a negative thing. Everything requires context. Everything requires nuance. It's hard to find the proper line. But as long as you have enough cameras in the school office and you have an objective observer, you may be able to handle the situation. However, I've never been to this side of Missouri. I don't know how corrupt they may or may not be. That's just me personally. So overall, should we allow uh, spankings in schools? Well, I think most people wouldn't be able to handle the spankings. Um... It's really hard to say. There's a lot of discipline that needs to be had for a lot of these younger individuals nowadays. So you may argue, be able to argue that, A, it could be very, very beneficial. But uh, there's definitely a bigger problem going on. And will that be resolved? We shall see. But physical punishment in and itself is not always physical abuse. And that's how I end that particular topic. Next on our agenda, we're going to be talking about Twitch and the gambling situation. If people are not caught up to speed, there is a recent streamer, relatively popular, his name was Sliker, and he had a gambling addiction. And it was so bad, he would scam his viewers, he would scam his uh, subscribers and all that out of money begging for it and acting like he's on his last legs and that's why he needs the money and he would go so far as to 
scam his friends. Ask them for money. Ask saying that I need it. It'll be thousands of dollars. Uh, people speculated that it reached around $300,000 in total. So, he did this action. Very negative situation, of course. And because of this, and he got caught from it, people were furious. And people petitioned constantly on social media, indicating that Twitch should ban gambling. They had rumblings that gambling should be banned on the site for a while now. Places like Stake.com and other sites and platforms should not be permitted to influence the young kids and young audience watching said streamers. Very valid point. And because of all the rumblings, Twitch finally decided to ban gambling. Matter of fact, they had a whole announcement. And what they said was, Today, we want to update you on our plans. While we prohibit sharing links or referral codes to all sites that include slots, roulettes, or dice games, we've seen some potential or some people circumvent those rules and expose our community to potential harm. So we'll be making a policy update on October 18th to prohibit streaming of gambling sites that include slots, roulettes, or dice games that aren't licensed either in the U.S. or other jurisdictions that provide sufficient consumer protection. They even lay out some websites including Stake.com, Rollbit, Dualbits, Rubet, etc., etc. Things like sports betting, fantasy sports, and poker will continue to be allowed. Very interesting. And what makes this so interesting is how some of the biggest streamers on the platform itself use and are sponsored by these gambling sites. And the reason why Twitch chose to make an action is because of one obsessive gambler. Now, I have twofold that I'm going to talk about this. First thing. For me personally, and I'm not showing, saying everybody should be like that, I think people should be very sympathetic slash empathetic. For me personally, I do not feel bad for the guy who had the gambling addiction. If he'd done something bad, then he should get punished without any remorse and then helped with it afterwards. So I think that Slyker individual, if he hasn't already, should get the appropriate punishment for him scamming individuals. Now, Addiction. Addiction is something that can happen very easily in America for a reason. Because we have a surplus of everything. The excess amount, and depending on the things that they are uh, consuming, can release so many levels of dopamine to where it can become an addiction. Now, people are more prone to addiction than others. For me, personally, I'm not really prone to addiction. I would say personally. I think I can kind of get, do what I want based on my own personal wants, right? I don't really smoke that much. I don't really gamble that much. I don't really smoke that much. But I find the appeal in a lot of different things. It's just I'm not obsessive about it. So it's really hard to uh, empathize or, or is it sympathize. I always get confused with the two. With someone who does have an addiction on these said 
said things. I understand it, but I'm not emotionally invested. With that said, I'm going to make sure that they get the help that they deserve and fix the situation that is causing said addiction. So Twitch, 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 Twitch. You decided to kind of get rid of slots through lots or dice games. And that was purely based on the backlash of some scamming streamer. Okay. What really doesn't, what really is puzzling for me is that Twitch is inconsistent. Now, gambling can be very addicting, especially with the influx of winning and money you can win and all that stuff. Gambling can be very addicting. Should kids be exposed to the aspects of gambling? You may argue no, especially when the most popular content creators on the platform are exposed to this to them on a daily, weekly basis. So you may be able to argue no. Gambling. But you know what also initiates dopamine? You know what also may be very inappropriate for kids? Half-naked, attractive women. You know what also can be an addiction? Porn. You know what also can be an addiction? Uh, SEX. The constant dopamine that these kids, that these depressed and obsessive men may have from seeing these very half-naked, attractive women doing relatively anything they want on the platform can cause the same type of unfortunate behavior. The amount of money these guys, these uh, hopefully not kids, but at least these depressing guys, admit to OnlyFans and these other websites and to feed these, these attractive women is just as ridiculous as a gambling site. If you guys didn't know, matter of fact, relatively recently, a woman was exposed from having sex on stream. Everybody knew she was having sex on stream, and she only got a seven-day ban. Now, I'm not saying sex is allowed on Twitch, but what I am saying is I don't think Twitch cares. I don't think they care at all about the gambling situation. I think because the backlash was so severe that they took it off. That is my my big point here. It's really hard to justify what people should be allowed access to and what they shouldn't be allowed access to. Because at the same time, you may be able to argue that, hey, parents, should you be paying attention to what you kids watch? A, uh, guardians, should you be paying attention to what these kids watch? Because they can easily just turn off the stream, go to Pornhub and watch that. They can easily look up some of the most severe and depressing stuff. They can look up a gambling site if they wanted to. There's a lot of things kids can do if they get free access to a phone. So maybe some responsible some responsibility should be had for the uh, parents. As for the adults that are committing said actions, well, it's not like Twitch is really caring about those people. 
Like I said, it's all about the backlash. It's all about how many people care and how many people don't care. I don't think Twitch cares. Gambling is in the same vein as a lot of the kind of things that social media shoves in your face. TikTok can be very addicting. Just watching streams can be very addicting. The amount of money that kids and people pour into streamers with donations and etc. etc. can be very addicting. Having your donation read out loud, having your name said by said streamer can be very addicting. You see where I'm going with this? Innately, I don't think that makes all those situations bad by any means. An addiction can happen at any moment based on any kind of dopamine effect. And again, I'm going to repeat this a second time. It's all about nuance. It's all about context. Banning gambling, I think, is dumb. What you should have done is make sure gambling is for a mature audience at least. Hey, you have to be this old to watch a streamer do gambling. There should be an age restriction based on the content. And if said streamer wants to still do gambling, let them. If a gambling addict uh, is losing money, that's his fault. It's all about perception. The, this platform does not care. It's all about perception. I'm always wavering how much we should stop people from doing addictive things, but anything can be addicting in America, so you can't stop it. You cannot stop it. There should be held more responsibility in the people themselves about what they're doing. And as for a platform such as Twitch or YouTube that shows a lot of different content, there should be a limit. You should be you shouldn't be showing graphic nudity stuff like that. You shouldn't be doing that. But aspects of humanity that is relatively normal and legal, you shouldn't restrict it. Gambling is legal. A lot of the things that kids watch on stream are things that kids can't do anyway. But gambling once you hit an adult age, it's legal, right? I mean, half naked in a hot tub, it's illegal, right? So it's like, that's just, that's just me, personally. I think Twitch doesn't care. And that's my big deal on that. So, with that said, we're going to move on to the hot take of the day. Every RTL rant, I'm going to let out my personal hot take for people to... Slander me, disagree with me, or realize that I'm a very smart individual. Hot take today is that Luka Doncic, we're talking sports, Luka Doncic and Patrick Mahomes are two of the most disrespected superstars in their respective sports. I was like, it's about to go down. Let's start off with Patty Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes... His first, his first year as a rookie, he sat behind Alex Smith as they went to the playoffs. 
he sat behind Alex Smith, right? He sat behind him, watched what's going on, and learned about the game. His first year as a starter, full starter, he threw for 50 touchdowns, won the MVP, and lost to Brady in the playoffs in a close game, and the Patriots won the Super Bowl. Okay. Second year, uh, second full year as a starter, he won the Super Bowl. Won Super Bowl MVP. Third year as a starter, he went to the Super Bowl again, lost to Brady and the Bucks. Fourth year as a starter, he went to the AFC Championship, choked against the Bengals, but still went there. This is his fifth year as a starter. To make the argument that anybody and anybody at all is better than Patrick Mahomes is ludicrous. This guy has been so elite since he started playing football. I just don't understand the aspect that Josh Allen or Justin Herbert is better than Patty Mahomes. Josh Allen's never beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, and Justin Herbert's never made the playoffs. It's ludicrous. Prove it to me, and then we can talk. Then we can talk, right? And Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic, again, a very young player. First year, he played the Clippers with Kawhi and PG. That team arguably was the best team in the NBA at the time. And he took them to seven. Then he played them again, took them to seven. Then in his third year, in the or fourth year in the playoffs, he went to the conference finals playing the Warriors and lost to them. I'm just saying... People need to realize that Luka is like that. He's that guy. He's a winner. He's coming. Okay? All right. He's coming. All right. Let's move on to our third topic. That was my hot take. Third topic is regarding Crunchyroll. Now, recently, Crunchyroll has announced that they are recasting the English dub for Mob Psycho 100 Season 3. An anime that is very popular, I would say, very high quality, something that people are looking forward to watching, very invested in, and they plan to recast the main character voice actor based on disagreements between the voice actor and the corporation. Now, there is a few kind of factors to this scenario, to this situation, right? The guy that is playing Shigeo, Mob Kagiyama, he was uh, he is part of a union. It's called the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, SAG for short. Part of the union, and he wanted to negotiate a potential contract on future productions in order to uh, be part of the role to play the main character, voice Dublin. Keep in mind, he's done season one and season two. So he's just continuing what he's already done. Crunchyroll was like, no, and said, we're recasting. They said, who are you talking to? And they decided to recast the role. Not thinking twice. Now, people have speculated that this is mostly a money thing for the most part. Um, some people have talked about they voice actors only make a few hundred dollars for their role. I don't know the ins and outs in terms of wage, but for the most part, it's been speculated that a lot of 
voice actors get criminally underpaid compared to the amount of money these animators are making. So that is a big ongoing complaint about the situation. Now, apparently this guy, his name is McCarley, he said it's not about money. That's what he said specifically. I just want to put this little note in here to be very, very clear. It's not about money. Crunchyroll was prepared to pay me at least what I would be getting on a union-scale contract, possibly more. They just don't want to put it on a union contract. So apparently it's not about money. The problem is the union contract themselves. And kind of going into this a little bit in depth, when it comes to unions, what they offer, based on what this guy said, Unions protect the workers they represent chiefly by giving them collective bargaining power, meaning that instead of negotiating the terms of your employment individually, one-on-one, the union negotiates baseline minimums for everyone all at once. This generally leads to better terms for all workers because as a collective, you have sway in these negotiations. How much you get paid, how long your hours are, how hard those hours are, how often you take breaks, time off, what safety precautions you may have, etc. One example of how SAG helps voiceover performers is by negotiating terms that protect us from vocally stressful work. So that is the main crux of this situation, is that Crunchyroll did not want to sign its union contract. They don't want to be responsible for these circumstances, and because of it, this guy decided not to uh, hold out for the most part. And Crunchyroll's like, I don't care, and got rid of him for the role altogether. So, obviously, a lot of people were upset. Initially saying it was a money thing, he kind of denied those points. But mostly Crunchyroll kind of having their own set standard of how they want to do things. Keep in mind, Sony has uh, completed their acquisition of Crunchyroll from AT&T and probably has a certain way they like to do things as Crunchyroll is also using the Funimation's in-house dubbing studio. What happens from here? I'm not, I'm not really sure. Crunchyroll is known for doing uh, getting voice actors from non-unions. I guess for the most part, they don't want to be held under these responsibilities. And you can, be, or you can very much argue it's due to more of a corruption standpoint than anything else. That they want power over the voice actors. That they want all the leverage over the voice actors. And by signing a union contract, the power they have is immediately dwindled. Crunchyroll being very shady, of course, and it's really one of those situations where we can't really do much. Sony acquired Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll and Funimation are combined. They're really like the only animation studio that is in America that is even relatively important. I don't really know many others that really can compete with this huge juggernaut. They've kind of monopolized the anime scene in America. So there's really not much we can do about this situation. Create more unions all you want. If Crunchyroll says, I'm just going to hire someone that's not part of a union, there's not much you can do. But we can see what happens. There's a lot of voice acting roles that is not anime, so hopefully it kind of works out.
Moving on to our final segment of the day, we're just going to be doing something that is, again, sports-related. For the RTL rant, I'm going to talk about a lot of the important news and information and a lot of these issues, of course. But um, I cover a wide variety of topics, and that is very important to me. So we're going to wrap it up, talking a little NFL. If you guys like NFL, if you guys like sports, then you guys are in for a treat. I'm just going to go over, personally, who I think is winning the upcoming games and then we're going to do closing remarks. All right. Excellent. So first game that is going on Thursday, Steelers versus Browns. This is an in-division game. Honestly, the Steelers have a great defense. That shouldn't be said. And the Browns defense is supposed to be good, but they've been kind of lacking. It's hard to stop Nick Chubb and Najee Harris has been looking subpar. Trubisky is not trustworthy and Brissett is terrible. With that said, I think Cleveland does pull this out. I think Miles Garrett gets in the Steelers' faces. I think he hates the Steelers enough for him to carry the defense. And I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hump can carry that offense. Browns will take that dub. Panthers, Saints, uh, Saints, I think pretty easily here. Baker Mayfield is horrible. That offense is horrible. The defense is okay, I guess. And the Saints' defense is destructive. That's enough for me. Bears, Texans, I'm going to go... Bears have a very good defense. Texans have an average defense, but at least their quarterback is able to throw the ball. Justin Fields hasn't been able to do anything. I'm going to say the Bears can pull out this one. I think their defense is destructive enough. Chiefs, Colts, Chiefs dominate. Bills, Dolphins should be interesting, should be electrifying. I think Dolphins are in a period in time where they're surprising. And that surprising factor of, how to deal with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill is not something teams are ready to figure out yet. I think, for the most part, I think it's pretty simple. Uh, do what you do against the Chiefs and the Bengals with the deep cover two. I'm just saying, eventually they'll figure it out. Bills win this game. Lions, Vikings. Vikings better win this game. They got Justin Jefferson, so I'm going to pick Vikings for that one. Ravens, Patriots. Ravens should win that one pretty easily. Patriots have been subpar. Bengals, Jets, Bengals have been looking awful. I'm going to give the Bengals a victory, though. Jets are awful in general. Raiders, Titans, I'm going to give this to the Raiders. I think they finally cook together their offense. Derek Carr, throw Devontae Adams the ball. It's not that hard. Eagles, Commanders, Eagles have been electric. They take this one. Jaguars, Chargers, Chargers barely lost to the Chiefs. They're dominating the Jaguars. Rams, Cardinals. Rams have owned the Cardinals for the most part for the last uh, couple of games. Aaron Donald gets back into form. Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey. Um, Ramsey is shutting down Hollywood Brown. Cooper Cup can't be guarded. They should take this win. Seahawks, Falcons. I'm going to give this to the Falcons. Falcons have been looking pretty darn good somehow. Cordell Patterson's electric. Pass the ball to Kyle Pitts and you'll win the game. Packers, Buccaneers, I'm going to give this to the Buccaneers. Buccaneers defense is disgusting, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't have anyone to throw the ball. 49ers, Broncos, 49ers, I'm picking Russell Wilson and the Broncos look terrible, and the Niners have Jimmy G back, and that's good enough for me. And Giants, Cowboys, I'm giving this to the Giants, even though Micah Parsons is destructive. The Giants defense is also destructive, so they may be able to hold them down enough for Daniel Jones to make the least amount of mistakes possible and win this game. 
So that is my predictions for week three. That is all we got for today's episode. Close your remarks on everything that I've spoke about. The Missouri District bringing back corporal punishment, I think, is a very interesting idea. But I don't know if it will work long term based on potential unfairness and corruption with the administration. That could potentially happen because when it comes to physical discipline, emotion tends to take place more so than anything else. However, physical discipline is not always related to physical trauma. So physical discipline has value if done correctly. Twitch banning gambling. I think Twitch does not care about gambling at all. I think they're just responding to the backlash. I think they don't care about addiction at all. For the most part, when it comes down to it, gambling is another part of life in terms of being an adult. Um, so it should be accessible to adults if you don't have a age system. The only reason why they don't have like an age system is because they want kids to watch half naked girls um, in hot tubs. The Twitch does not care. Uh, Crunchyroll being a corrupt organization, I mean, it's not surprising they are monopolized the anime dub world in America. They'll do what they want. Can't really do anything about it. And then NFL, love the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is a genie. He's a goat. That's all I got to say there. So that is all we got for today for the RTL rant episode. Uh, like I said, this is going to be something, if this works out, that I'll be doing on the Wisdom app every week on Wednesday. And then, obviously, I'm going to do the Faithful Conversation podcast. That can be coming out as well in a different area. So hope you guys enjoyed. Y'all have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode. Just a reminder to never miss an episode. If they publish Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday at 7 a.m. EST. So if you're driving to work or you're working out, tune into the podcast. Also consider visiting the website www.thetrendwithrtlfaith.com and leave a review so I can personally thank you for your support to the podcast. So again, thank you so much for listening. And remember that solutions can only really be made through proper conversation and discussion. Take care.